Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and a holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. In this episode, I'm interviewing Naina Bajaria, an Ayurveda practitioner and a pharmacist from the UK. We discuss about understanding the approach of ayurvedic medications, instant gratifications, the difference between the expectations of eastern and western patients, understanding the benefits of kushmanda rasayana, and also the healing power of just being heard. I hope you enjoy this conversation. And now we go over to Naina. Hello Naina, so happy to have you in my podcast. I hope you're keeping Thank well you. from London. Thank you. Yes, I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, Naina. So slowly the world is opening up in India, but I think in Europe it's going through another cycle, but I hope things will eventually come out well. <laughs> yes, yes, I hope so too. <laughs> so, Naina, I'm curious to know your story about your healing journey that brought you to Ayurveda and the work that you do right now. So tell me more about uh, what, what got you into Ayurveda. Uh, funnily enough, I, it's hard to look back and remember exactly how I, how I found Ayurveda or how it found me. Um, I just remember that I was at a point in my life where I was working as a pharmacist because mm-hmm. that's my first qualification. Mm-hmm. And I was searching mm-hmm. for something. I was searching for an answer because I could see that many people were on many medications. Mm-hmm our natural state of being was not healthy mm-hmm. generally. And um, I was searching for more meaning in our lives and what really makes us happy. Um, I was exploring the yoga path more deeply. And then I stumbled across a YouTube video actually. And it was a doctor talking about the types of people and the doshas, Savata, Pitta and Kapha. And I immediately put myself, my mother and my father mm-hmm. in those in the doshas. And I was like, what is this? This is so spot on. It was so accurate. Um, and then I just started looking up, you know, what is Ayurveda and how, how I can study it. And that's it. I found a course online um, that was based out of the UK. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote to the course coordinator. They arranged a call with me. And then since then, everything just snowballed from that moment. Yeah. Wow. So uh, you were a pharmacist, like, uh, were you into this allopathic medicines? Yes. Yes. That was my first, my, well, my, yeah, my first qualification. So my dad's a pharmacist as well. Mm-hmm. And he owns a pharmacy here where I live in Gravesend in England. Mm-hmm. I was just kind of following the family line, I suppose. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, being a pharmacist, I'm sure you understand how the med- uh, the modern medications work with the molecules, with the drug delivery system, and then suddenly yeah. shifting and understanding and learning about Ayurveda. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, with your practice that you also advise to the people who are coming up to you to ask for advice with their health. So where do you see the difference when it comes to the pharmacy of the, the modern medicine and when it comes to this ancient Ayurvedic approach to drug delivery system. Uh, were you able to identify something there? 
Well, firstly, you know, I think learning about the Ayurvedic perspective was so magical because mm -hmm. it was a whole new world for me to understand mm -hmm. with more <clears throat> more emphasis on the subtle mm -hmm. aspect of things. And there's so many concepts in Ayurveda and how medicine works in the body mm -hmm. that we are just not able to understand with the modern scientific perspective mm -hmm. so i feel like the allopathic method was like a one layer mm -hmm. structured layer and then mm -hmm. the ayurveda kind of came on top and filled all the gaps i see and it created this complete like delivery of like okay i can explain this with both systems now mm -hmm. which was really wonderful i think and necessary for mm -hmm. delivering ayurveda in the west to have that background um in terms of you know delivery in the sense of patients coming to with the medicines the pharmacy allopathic environment is completely different i think to the ayurvedic side of it mainly because when people come into the pharmacy in a night in the nicest way they kind of want to be spoon-fed what mm -hmm. to do mm -hmm. health and they get given a prescription and medicines all they have to do is literally pop the medicine out and swallow it with some water and mm -hmm. do nothing else for exactly. their health whereas in ayurveda it's just well you know like you have to start changing your lifestyle you have to look at what you eat you also have to take medicine and even the medicine in that it's like mix this powder with this thing and then mm -hmm. you know it's 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 very different, um, I think, in, in a way, but I suppose essentially everyone goes to it to heal. Mm. That's the one common denominator of the two. It's, it's I what I like about Ayurveda is that it's healing from both sides. Like the doctor has to do something, but also the patient has to do something too. Oh, yes. Uh, I remember so sometimes when patients come to me, they say, so tell me how can I help you and then the patient will be like you tell me you're the doctor as if i'm supposed to know everything yes of course <laughs> to, to to a great extent when they say that that itself you can decode what else could be wrong but uh, i think one good thing about allopathic system is you know the symptomatic relief is just phenomenal if you have some pain or if you have some infection yeah. it's just like it's like a switch it just turns it off but as mm -hmm. you said you know healing is a completely another ball game you know, it's not just a symptomatic relief and that's where so when you know when you worked as a pharmacist i'm sure people come with you to the prescription and you explain to them and then here you have to invest a lot of time no it's not just the medicines you have to change that so when people come with the background that allopathic medicine is just i need to take a pill so do they also come to you oh maybe i just need to take this herbal pill and i should be fine so how do you deal with that Yes, just exactly. That's exactly what happens. Actually, I do have to. I find myself having to explain mm -hmm. to, to the patient that um, this isn't like taking paracetamol, where you just take it when you feel like it, and it's going to be symptomatic. Um, and also, it, it takes time mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. for it to work. It's a completely different system. So, you really have to. What I have found personally is you have to really be able to explain how ayurveda works mm -hmm. in a language that they can understand mm -hmm. so that when they are on that path to healing they understand why certain things have to be taken differently or why 
it's going to be a completely different ball game, why they might need more patience and dedication. And then that gives them more kind of confidence to be able to really get the effects of mm-hmm. Ayurvedic medicine. It's, it's coming with the knowledge behind it. And um, I think this is the way that we've all been kind of programmed because mm-hmm. of our education system is that we need intellect mm-hmm. to understand something. So, exactly. you know, if you can reach people on that level of intellect mm-hmm. and be able to explain it, then, they, then they're like, oh, okay. And then they're, they're much more likely to, to take it on board. But it's definitely an interesting point when you have to explain that, no, 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 it's not going to be like that. <laughs> you have to kind of put a bit of effort in yourself for this to work yeah and and being in in, in uk what lifestyle change uh, i mean what is something that you find it difficult to convince people to change mm, that's a good question i find people find it incredibly difficult to not have the coffee i don't know if that's a english <laughs> thing or a world thing <laughs> i think that's Coffee's a world thing like the one that's like what no um tomatoes as well like everyone cooks with so much tomato mm-hmm. it's it, that's a really difficult one and interestingly i recently found out that sorry this is a bit off topic but i found out that anciently tomatoes weren't grown in india mm-hmm. they're not actually in the indian cuisine anciently which i found super interesting um, but nowadays it's everywhere like, yeah i mean the globalization changed it um yeah so coming off the tomato waking up early is mm-hmm. sometimes difficult for people because of the lifestyle that mm-hmm. they're leading so i would say yeah desire mm-hmm. you know this is something i've noticed is that we are very wrapped up in desire and pleasure mm-hmm. you know Ayurveda, you have to start understanding that you can't always give in to that desire and that mm-hmm. pleasure have to restrain a bit and um it's that restraint that i find people find the most difficulty with when with ayurvedic lifestyle is like oh i don't want to stop having pizza and pasta i don't want to stop doing that you know Mm -hmm. and there's no other way except for a bit of tapasya and restraint on these things so Mm -hmm. yeah so i think the word desire i think what you meaning much a bit more specific is instant gratification if i'm correct yeah yes so yeah. they're like i can't let go of that but still you know i want to lose weight but i'm not going to stop going to mcdonald's <laughs> that's yeah. that's the kind that's of, an extreme version of it. Yeah, essentially yeah like if they want it to work mm-hmm. you have to do the work exactly and uh, and and yeah when it comes to you know you started your ayurvedic pharmacy as well so among these what are the ayurvedic uh, i mean if you are an ayurvedic pharmacist in uk what were the herbs that is your favorite prescriptions ah um i really i really like the kushmanda rasayana Wow, that's, that's a unique one because mostly we hear about Chavanapras, Trifala, Ashwagandha, but I'm glad you're coming up with something unique, Kushmanda Rasayana. Yes, let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so basically my teacher, um, she, so she runs a clinic here in mm-hmm. England called the Ayurvedic Institute. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we are allowed to prescribe certain formulary mm -hmm. from what they provide us with. And one of the um, herbal rastayanas that she recommends is something called Soma Jam. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was looking up the ingredients of this Soma Jam and then that's when I found out about what Kushmanda is. It's the, the vegetable Kushmanda. And the I saw Ashtar. that you can buy, you can buy the, um, the actual the rasayana of it. And I, when I looked at the qualities of what it brings, mm -hmm. I can see why my teacher really advocated this rasayana for lots of women mm -hmm. and lots of because it really is that feminine, cool, slowing down guna that, that most women here in the West tend to need. Mm -hmm. is that cool down slow down more moisture into the body more rejuvenation more coming back to life mm -hmm. rather than constantly detoxing and trying mm -hmm. to empty itself. um that's why i love about the kushmanda rasayan because it, it it you know clients can take it as an immunity supplement uh, they can take it as something to help their digestion mm -hmm. it can help to balance pitta like it has so many different versatile uses of it so i can i can widely prescribe it and uh, yeah a lot of ladies do love love taking that and, and kushmanda just to make the audience who are listening to this understand kushmanda is the ash cord yes that you're yes. talking about yes ash cord or it's also winter winter melon i think winter melon yeah because it's rich with water and in south india yeah. we use it for a lot of festivals and if you do a new event like an inauguration of some event or you are doing a housewarming we always break it so that it takes away all the negative energy from that site wow. yeah yeah so, so fact, i'm glad you're bringing up such a medication called kushmandra sayana because it's it's a very popular formulation in kerala especially we give it a lot for immunity mm -hmm. and also to put on weight and uh, yes. people who wants to have more minerals and even even mm -hmm. with women who are having anemia we would give kushmandra sayana because it helps mm -hmm. to improve them the iron absorption yes yes it's it's really really wonderful and i recently found out that kushmandra is a hindu goddess <laughs> as well that we celebrate on day five of navaratri oh yeah so i was like Wow, oh, it's amazing this link, you know, of mm -hmm. spirituality and science and health and yeah, it's incredible. And you were talking about, you know, one of your own healing journeys that you, you know, you were recovering and I with helped you and you know, that also helped you be a good healer or a practitioner. Can you share that story? Yeah, I mean, oh gosh, I mean, where to start? I, you know, I when i was working as a pharmacist mm -hmm. i went through a range of issues as well at that point i had severe back issues mm -hmm. um hormonal imbalances i've suffered with skin problems from a child you know eczema so i really had the lot i think mm -hmm. and also even throughout my path as ayurveda i still have struggled with with certain things and my experience in using Ayurveda to heal myself and mm -hmm. yoga and, um, and all the other, other aspects, I feel that that really allows me to deliver real heart-to-heart, -heart, authentic, compassionate healing mm -hmm. with people. Where even if, you know, I might not be the best doctor in the world that can give them all the correct medicine, mm -hmm. they've got a friend that they can speak to that I've been through it and I know. and I 
I feel that people, most people just want to be heard mm -hmm. when they're on the healing path. Like there's something deep within them that just wants to be heard. Mm -hmm. And from going through experiences with my health, I can help people better when they've, when they've gone through those. And funnily enough, my clients always come to me Mm -hmm. the, with things that I've previously had as well, or mm. that I'm going through. It's really quite, um, I don't know what the word is, serendipitous or, you know, coincidental maybe, but it's something attracts them to me and then I'm able to help them because I've been through it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting how you put it. You know, most people just want to be heard. There's a saying, many people can be healed just by having someone really listen to them heart to heart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's also yeah. a joke when a couple was uh, arguing with each other. Uh, why do you pay so much to the psychologist? Oh, because you never listen to me <laughs> or you never hear me. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if because we talk too much or there's suppressed things happening, but I mean, we all have a story. Mm. We all have a story and each of us is so unique everyone is so special they do deserve to be heard and their story it does deserve to be told so it's nice to be part of that opportunity for someone to share mm, with, exactly. with and, yeah, and interestingly um i found that this was the component that was missing when i went to india and mm. got treatment so <laughs> i mean not to say that all places are like that but i found that the you know i could really could have done with like a psychological mm. counsellor almost mm. to help think, my treatment. Well, I think every doctor is a psychological healer too because it's also that approach of healing. And, and you know, you went to India and also having the Indian origin. I mean, you saw many... Uh, India, in India, you saw how Ayurveda is practiced and you also have the experience in UK. What difference yeah. do you see there, you know? Uh, well, certainly there's there's a difference between with the clientele. Mm -hmm. I find the Eastern patients have a different mindset generally mm -hmm. to Western mm -hmm. patients. Um, and also, you know, I think practitioners and Ayurvedic specialists here also have to understand that difference in order to deliver more appropriate care mm -hmm. and mainly the difference i found is when i when i had treatment as i said i found that some of the things that i felt like i needed to express and say to mm -hmm. the doctor i didn't feel so comfortable not because they were making me feel uncomfortable but just because it was you know I just felt like I needed a therapy session more than more oil massage. I feel like I just needed to talk to someone. You mean um, while you were in India, if I'm correct? Sorry? You mean while you were in India? Yeah, while I was in India. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just found that I needed to have the doctor understand my situation a little bit more. And it's not their fault that they didn't understand. I think it's because they weren't perhaps used to the lifestyle mm -hmm. that I had. Mm -hmm. back in England so there was a little bit of disparity there I think whereas in the west I found that there's a lot more emotional counseling mm -hmm. with the practice 
Whereas in India, there's a lot more emphasis on the authenticity of the medicines and the treatments and the knowledge. There's, that's definitely there. But in England or in, in the West, there is more of an understanding of the psychological, emotional support needed for, for people from the West. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main difference I've found. Yeah. I guess, uh, you, you know, when you, when you say in West, there is a need for more psychological support, it could also be the, you know, when you say there is an overstimulated uh, nervous system, it's a high vata condition. Mm-hmm. So when somebody is having a high vata imbalance or issues because of the vata is high, it's also a sign that, you know, the nervous system is overstimulated. They're having anxious issues and that can lead to hormonal imbalance that can lead to digestive disorders that yeah. can lead to pain in different parts of the body. So yeah. there, there could be one approach from the physical to the psychological or from psychological to physical. So I think, yes. uh, I think in, in India, there is a more approach to the physical side because on one hand, you know, an Indian Ayurvedic doctor is quite busy because he gets to see a patient for like, 15, 20 minutes, whereas mm-hmm. in other parts, you know, you get more than half an hour or at least one hour. So you get to yeah. you have time to be heard. There's also a difference there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is one thing that I found out because after I started my place, Sitaram Beach Retreat, you know, we started having a lot of Westerners. And yeah. it's a complete U-turn in my practice because how they approach you and, okay, when an Indian patient comes, just give me the medications and I'm having these issues. But when a Western patient is coming, tell me what is my dosha. And I want to know what is my dosha. And I thought I'm having this, but you're telling me this. And my previous doctor said something else. So there's a discussion on this. There's a lot of confusion and you have to understand why you are having this and why I said this and what is the way forward, what to do with that. A lot of emphasis on uh, healthcare. I mean, like lifestyle, food, cooking. I mean, we rarely yeah. spend time teaching about Ayurvedic cooking in India, but for Westerners, there's a lot of emphasis on Ayurvedic cooking. That's it's, it's a bit of contradicting what I'm saying, but that's the reality. <laughs> yes, yes. And I must say, I think, you know, the Western approach to Ayurveda is very thorough. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really want to learn it. Mm-hmm. They want to know about it. And I really admire that enthusiasm with it i think um rather than taking it for granted that it's part of the lifestyle in india here in the west it's not so it's like oh what is it you know i want to know and they want to change and that that maybe helps them better but i completely agree with you about the perhaps a little bit over over an analytical Mm -hmm. side where they need to know everything about it all Mm -hmm. um the point where they even question you Exactly. As a practical doctor or practitioner, rather than just having faith that it's the right thing to do. Um, you really have to be open when you have treatment in India and trust the doctor 100%. This is the best way. Like You have to really just say, hand it to them. They know what they're doing and don't think about it too much. Mm-hmm. I found that's the best way to go to India and have successful treatment. Yeah, I think uh, being a doctor in India for Indian patients, you know, you get really spoiled because you don't get so many questions and they have complete trust and they take the medications. Yeah. But the moment a Westerner comes, you know, they want to know, tell me what is in it. 
I want to understand why are you prescribing this? I mean, which is yes. good, you know, it, 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 it uh, really gives, once they understand the logical side, then they are completely surrendered, surrendering to that. They need to understand why am I giving, being giving, given this because on one hand it is good because once you know this is the reason why this is being given and it can change a lot of things in your health conditions, they completely yeah. take it. You don't have to question it again. It just goes like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just that you need more time and you need more patience and you need to explain it in a way that they understand. And that difference is just phenomenal with how you approach an Indian patient and a Western patient. Yes. Have you noticed the difference in result between the two? What would you say? It's See, there is a difference. See, in India, it depends on what class is coming and why I say about the class. If it is someone uh, who are doing a lot of physical labor and they don't have time and they are, you know, we, we have this notion, allopathic medicines have a lot of side effects and the general notion mm. in India is, okay, Ayurvedic medications means there are no side effects. Mm. So like you said, they are coming for the same pill, like the way allopathy approaches treatment, but just that they just want a herbal one instead of a chemical one. <laughs> so that's that's an approach of the real physical labor class who wants to have an ayurvedic term and then you have right. the middle class who are into corporate life with the computers and with them they are okay maybe i will try to change my lifestyle to some extent but you know they come because they tried all the allopathic stuff and being an ayurvedic mm -hmm. doctor to those kind of patients it's like you are a doctor for the leftover patients they would have yes. severe migraine and they would have severe pains menstrual pain and they're tired of taking the chemicals and they want an alternative okay those patients are much easy because they come with an open hand because they tried everything nothing is working now there is a last mm. hope that some ayurveda can help mm, yeah so they for them just give me doctor i trust you i just want to get rid of this problem no matter what i tried everything yeah. there's not even surgery possible i don't want to live with it yes and yeah then, then you have some Indians, you know, who, tra who traveled abroad, who are more liberal, but they would like to question things. Them mm. and approaching them and the Western patient is quite dissimilar. So we have these three categories in India. <laughs> Just like I the see. Other yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. That's something I found as well is that people tend to come to Ayurveda as like a last resort. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. It's a shame because it makes it difficult to treat. Well, not it makes it more difficult to treat mm. when it's been there. For that long doesn't it then they want treatment as quick um <laughs> as quick as as that but it can't be it has to be undone slowly so um yeah that, i think it would be nice to encourage people to to do ayurveda before it gets that bad exactly i mean that's why we have the statement in charaka samhita I mean, if we have to translate it in a understandable english we say kill the devil when it's young the same way with the, yeah. the disease, you know, before it starts, kill it immediately so that you don't reach the stage where it becomes irreversible. Exactly, exactly. And that this is where education is quite powerful because if people are educated about how to recognize mm. those signs of imbalance instead of normalizing it, exactly, it could be huge. And that's why, you know, when I was working in pharmacy, mm. I just noticed how much it's so normal, it's so normal to be like, oh, I'm constipated. <laughs> oh, it's normal to say, oh, yeah, I suffer with acid all the time. Mm, and, and I think you know, it's, it's all the time. 
Yeah, and it's, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. It should be treated just as seriously as everything else because that's how powerful it is to treat something in its infancy mm. like that. But um, it's the mentality, isn't it? It's difficult to change. I think, the, see, the good thing about the modern medications is it really helped to get rid of certain severe pain. But on the yes. other hand, it made so many unnatural things, like how we call it in the COVID times, like the new normal. You know, They mm-hmm. made it like the new normal. You can live with that. Okay, you're having acidity, just take an antacid. You're having infection, just keep on taking an antibiotics. Uh, you're having yeah. some flare-ups or some autoimmune situations, just take steroids. It's going to be fine. And, yeah. and the whole connection and the trustworthiness to our body is lost. It's mm. One best example you can talk about is the plastic. You know, plastic, it was, it's a fantastic invention. It changed the way we package things, transport things, increase our shelf life. But if we overuse it, it's so dangerous for the planet. And same with allopathic system. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I also felt that that you can kind of look at the allopathic system as a bit like the way we've treated mm-hmm. agriculture with pesticides. Exactly. exactly. You know, we've flooded the soils with all these chemicals. Mm-hmm. And now the soil is can't grow. Exactly. Properly, we've kind of done the same to our own body I with these so. chemicals and these medicines. We've ruined the soil. You know, a little bit. Still, it's think, possible to heal. <laughs> exactly. And what you're saying, I think our threshold to the pain has really gone down. Our tolerance level to pain is really low nowadays. Or to any kind mm-hmm. of infection or anything, the moment it flares up, we get so anxious what happened. You have to yes. get treated, take a pill, take a paracetamol. Mm. Completely lost trust with our own body's intelligence of healing itself. Absolutely. Oh, you said something really mad. Yeah, that is the embodies intelligence that mm-hmm. we don't believe it's there. So we've, I think we've the future it. is the hybrid model. We need the best of allopathic and the intelligence of Ayurveda where we can trust our own innate healing powers. Yes, I think so. I mean, I've always been more of an advocate for all of Ayurveda. Mm-hmm. Like, allopathy definitely is wonderful but i i feel for more emergency acute situations whereas on a more sustainable way of living Mm -hmm. i think ayurveda is going to be the way in the future it will be because there's only so long this can keep going exactly (laughs) (laughs) um it's just when that time will come yeah so nana knowing what you learned with Ayurveda and with the practice that you do, what would you recommend you or advise your younger self with all this wisdom that you learned about Ayurveda? Oof. Um, I would say accept yourself mm-hmm. as you are. Mm-hmm. Slow down. Oh yeah, slow down. And be happy. Uh, that's very short, insightful wisdom. You know, when you say <laughs> slow down, when you say slow down, that's why somebody who's sick is called as a patient because they need to slow down. Being patient. <laughs> that's patient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's different. I suppose it's different for everybody. But for me, 
it's been one of my one of my big journeys is to really just slow down and accept mm. myself and learn to be happy exactly and that's helped me a lot so yeah thank you so much naina for this uh, podcast if people want to reach out to you how can they uh, find about you so they can head to my instagram mm -hmm. um at the ayurvedic pharmacy mm -hmm. or they can write to me my email info at nainaayurveda.com Fantastic. Thank you. I will definitely put these uh, in the show notes if there are people in the UK who wants to reach out to an Ayurvedic practitioner. So thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been wonderful.